Hello, everyone, and welcome to a monumental special edition of the Streamcast, episode 50. I'm Black Amora, going by Donatello for this pod, and I'm joined by Mirror B from Pokemon. Very nice. Which Pokemon game? Uh, XD and Colosseum. Awesome. No. I gotta ask, are you just gonna keep running through the, the turtles? Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna run through all of them. I've only got Raphael left. You've done three already. This is the third one. I did Leonardo, I did Ryan Mike, Michelangelo, and Donatello. Yeah, because uh, with the days gone, honestly, when you said Iron Mike, I thought you just meant like actual Iron Mike. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> nice to I, yeah, I mean, I can't see that guy from Days Gone as Iron Mike, but <laughs> it works, I guess. Mm. But to mark this special edition, we're going to do something a little bit different. And we're going to talk about our five favorite consoles and talk about our favorite games and memories from each of those consoles. Remember to keep up to date with us. And for further Streamcast content, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Streamcast underscore Subscribe to us on YouTube, Streamcast, and follow us on Twitch, Streamcast TV. Well, Isaac, would you like to start us off and list off any of your top five gaming consoles? No particular uh, order. You know, let's get the obvious out of the way. The PS2. Let's get that out of the way. Amazing library of games. It, it was a DVD player. That might not mean much now because... I mean, the technology we've got on our fingertips right now is ridiculous in comparison. But back then, that was a big deal. And just honestly, like in comparison to the PS1, it just it was revolutionary. Do you want me to run through my games now or are we going to go back and forth? Console, games, console, games. How do you want to do this? I think it makes sense to go through your favorite games now and then yeah, do my console and my games. Uh, I think my favorite, I think my favorite PS2 game of all time, actually, um, is going to be Simpsons Hit and Run, because mm. it's just so good. Like, and the best thing about it is, so I think The Simpsons is on like season thirty now. Um, Jesus, oh, yeah, <laughs> and like, even as a kid who loved The Simpsons, I think I I couldn't even watch it. Like if kid me was brought to the future and told us 30 seasons i'd probably stop around like maybe 15 because i'd be like what is this because like, i think seasons one to ten maybe a little bit extra i don't know but at least seasons one to ten were probably the best episodes of the simpsons and hit and run just takes all that magic and puts it into game form and you're basically like just given free reign in springfield blew my mind honestly yeah. I remember I think I said this in the past actually I think I thought to my mom it's 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 like it's like Grand Theft Auto but it's it's not bad it's it's and I got the game I look back and I'm just thinking to myself do you know what there was probably zero persuasion and my mom was just like okay he wants the game I'll get it for him like I, I didn't do anything special but it felt like it did uh, <laughs> and yeah it was just a great game and you got to play as Apu which was just out of left field because it's the whole family and then Apu but that was pretty cool and like everyone's like they got the original cast to do the voiceover and they'll drop like lines from the show and oh, it's just a it's a simpsons fans wet dream in my opinion i know other simpsons game can top it like i haven't seen it 
next up is you might actually like this uh smackdown versus raw 2006 oh interesting okay okay that's a very good game such a good game like i spent so much time in that game so like when i was a kid um i'd watch wcw loved it absolutely loved it really was into wrestling but i only had channels one to five um i think you told me this but wcw uh, they just kept pumping money into their wrestlers. There was no plan for the future, and they went bankrupt. And then I lost wrestling forever. Well, until I got the internet. But by then, I just wasn't interested anymore. So that was annoying. But then, SmackDown vs. Raw 2006 comes along, and all the superstars come back. All their larger-than-life stories are in this game. And I go through it, and I'm like, oh my god, this game is amazing. Because of that game, I will always see Triple H as a heel. I'll never like him because he was the antagonist, him and Ric Flair. Like, I have a passionate hate for Ric Flair. I know he's this big guy in the, the wrestling scene, but I hate him because of SmackDown vs. <laughs> Raw, right? He was such a great villain. I hated him. Him and Triple H, right? I hate their guts. Um, and then, like, Triple H got forgiven because I played as him because he had great stats in my next playthrough because um, everyone's got, like, a different story. So Triple H, like, okay, I, I don't hate him anymore. But Ric Flair never played as him. And I will continue to hate him until the day I die because of Spider-Man vs. Raw 2006. And I don't know if that is me being petty or a testament to the acting, but yeah, like really well done. And yeah, like everyone had a really good story. Like, is it a spoiler? I don't think so. But at the start of the SmackDown story, Teddy, the general manager, gets run over by like a limousine or something. Oh my god. Trying to find out who did it. It's just so good. Like what? You see the backstage action happen. Oh my goodness. Like, it was such a great game. <laughs> Uh, and you can make your own character. Um, I think I made the Hulk and just like threw everyone about. Um, what was annoying though was Eddie Guerrero had his like intro and it was like in the car, but you couldn't give that to your own superstar. And I was oh, really like irked yeah. me. But no, no, it was it was really great start to finish. Um, and I sunk so many hours into that game. And in the same vein, uh, Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi Two is going to be my next one. Yeah. And do you know what? I think any Dragon Ball Z game could have taken this spot, but I think Budokai Tenkaichi 2 has just taken it because it's the first one I played, really. Because um, I said earlier, I grew up on the channels 1 to 5, which meant, uh, I think it was on Toonami, no Toonami, which meant no Dragon Ball Z growing up. So, like, in the playground, there was always, yeah, Trunks this, Cell Saga that, everyone's talking about it. I'm just like, did, did you guys watch Beyblade? Um, I got to watch that once a week as a kid. <laughs> on Saturdays. Oh god. Um. So like when I got the game, the the way I just absorbed everything like a sponge. Um, played it, learned like all the characters, went through all the sagas, and I was like, yo, I get it. This story is sick. And in fact, I probably had a better experience with Dragon Ball Z. I didn't have to sit through any of the filler. I just got to enjoy the story and then later on i start watching dragon ball z abridged so again oh. no filler um so yeah I, I really dodged the bullet there until i made the stupid decision to watch gt once upon a time because i thought i just watch gt like it, it's pretty short it's um, more dragon ball right yeah exactly because i watched it online and i was like oh my goodness this is the worst piece of crap i've seen in my life <laughs> honestly like no but andy andy like we almost got Go on, go on. We almost got Adult Gohan and Trunks and Kid Goku going off on adventures. We almost had that. And this isn't me like having an agenda 
against Pan. Or, actually, no, it is. I hate Pan. I hate Pan. Um, no, it's the fact that, yeah, we could have got um, Gotenks in GT. We could have had adult Gotenks just doing Gotenks things in GT with Kid Goku. Who at the boardroom said, do you know what? We're going to take this winning formula and we're going to put it in the bin. You know what's worse? They straight up mention it in dialogue. So Goten and Trunks go, hey, we should fuse. And then Oob comes along and goes, don't worry about fusing. I'll take on baby. And then gets his ass wiped. Like, it doesn't make sense. What you know what I mean? I, I sit on the cake, right? Go tank Super Saiyan 3. Don't get me wrong, it's not Super Saiyan 4. And I'm glad we got Super Saiyan 4. It's a great design. But I feel like Go tank Super Saiyan 3 could have taken Omega Shenron. Genuinely feel he could have done it. Maybe even Super 17. I feel like it could have been possible. I disagree. But oh, I, oh, think, but why, I but think. Why? I think it's. It, there's no magic or secret to this. It's just power scaling. Mm -hmm. Omega Shenron was too strong for two full-blooded Super Saiyan 4s to deal with, mm -hmm. which means a few Super Saiyan 3 would be too weak, especially one as mm -hmm. incompetent as Gotenks. Goten has not trained in like 12 years yeah. or so. He's too busy chasing chicks. Trunks mm -hmm. is too busy running the capsule court, which pretty much runs itself. So I don't think Gotenks is laying or scratching Omega Shenron. Do you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong. Because I, I forgot the fact that the two, like, Goku and Vegeta needed to fuse to, to even lay a thing. I forgot that. I completely forgot that. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot. I just, just slipped my mind. But anyway, it's like, to, to, to bring it back, um, but I got to Kaichi 2 because it just, it just taught me the story. Did it in a really great way. And the music, beautiful. And the Ooh, opening yeah. cutscene, so good. That was good. That was a really good one. Mm. But then, like when I finished it all and got caught up, it, it didn't make sense why uh, Baby was chilling with Cell. But whatever, made for a good cutscene. Just the opening. It doesn't need to make sense. <laughs> just the opening. Yeah. Just it's needs true. to look cool, like Super mm -hmm. Saiyan Three. Just needs yeah, to look cool. Exactly. Just needs to function. <laughs> I can't lie. When I like, because when I got the game, I looked at the box art. I honestly couldn't tell anyone apart because there's lots of people with like <laughs> gold hair. Just like, uh, it's like, who is who, bro? I don't know what's going on. They um, got lazy around then because I remember the exact same cover art you're talking about. And because I know the characters, that's cool. But trying to explain it to anyone who doesn't even have a passing interest in anime, boy, it looks like some weird, you know, inbred family up in there. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, that that's me for the for the top three games of the, the PS2. Yeah, what about yourself? Obviously, the PS2 mm -hmm. is on is in my top five. It's, it's got to be up there. Come on. So my answer is gonna be similar to yours, but not quite the same. Mm. So I think I've mentioned this on the previous podcast. Dragon Ball Z Budokai Three. It's got to be up there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I was so happy when they remade it for the PS3. I platinumed that shit. So it's pretty much exactly what you were talking about. It's one of those things that everyone in school was talking about. If you didn't know about Dragon Ball, you weren't cool. You weren't one of the boys. You were left out. And luckily for me, we got Sky right around the time that Dragon Ball Z came on on Cartoon Network. 
Nice. So we had a lot of options. We had, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! on Nickelodeon, obviously Dragon Ball Z and Cartoon Network. And because everyone was talking about it, I watched it. And I think I got really into it around the Freezer saga to the Android saga. When Trunks came in, that was like, yeah, I like this. Mm-mm. It's ironic because I hate that saga now. But when I was a kid, <laughs> I loved that. So Budokai 3 pretty much encapsulates what Dragon Ball Z should be to me. Hey. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. It's, it's good. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even realize I do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, for many different people, Dragon Ball Z in a game means different things. To some people, it means Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. For some people, it means Tenkaichis. To other people, it means Fighters. But I think for me, it means the Budokai series because it's that 2.5D, you know, really quick, fast action, massive, colorful attacks. And I love that. Like being able to teleport was something that wasn't in Budokai 2. They got the color of the Kamehameha right, which was big for me. And, you know, there were so many secret um, Easter eggs, like Piccolo Daimao, Demon King Piccolo being a costume, Armored Trunks being a costume, Goku with a Halo being a costume, and like just little things that reward the fans uh, really impressed me. I also really like that this was the first game to include GT and movies. Uh, movie characters, I should say, because at that point, I think Z was finishing up in the UK. So we were kind of like, we, we know everything that happens in Z. We know Frieza, Cell, Boo, all of that. But then you get cooler and you're kind of like, okay, who's this? Because not everyone in the UK has watched the movies. And then you see Broly. And in the opening, he's taken on pretty much everyone and Gogeta has to step in to stop him and Omega Shenron is in the game. So a lot of these new things that we've never seen before allowed us to just explore more of the Dragon Ball world. And that's something that I will never forget. I think it's one of the most balanced fighting games mechanically because it rewards defensive play as much as offensive play. I think obviously there's definite power scaling, like a Hercule isn't going to be a Vegeta, for example, but you know, that's canon, right? And yeah, I've just really loved my time playing Budokai 3. I really like the story mode where you like fly everywhere. And I like that there was a Broly version. You could play as Broly and you got a secret ending where you could destroy the world, which was cool as fuck. I might need to go back and play this game, you know? It's good, yeah. I think if your PS3 is working, give it a run. Give it mm. a try. All right, definitely. And the original soundtrack, not that slop that they put on the PS3, the original soundtrack, which you can still find on YouTube, bangs. It's so good. I know it's ripped off, but it's so good. That's probably why it's so good. A good soundtrack could make an average piece of media great, and it can make a great piece of media immaculate so yeah. it did that for me did um, they ever like what happened to the guy who ripped off the the music for he got he got fired straight away that's it i don't know um that sounds like a slap on the wrist to me well, <laughs> 
I think there's more. I didn't look into it, obviously, but um, he definitely got fired straight away. He would probably have had to pay something because um, he ripped off several tracks and probably got a lot of money due to that. So, yeah, I don't know if there was a lawsuit between Bandai Namco and all of these people, but it couldn't have been pretty. And yeah, there's a reason he's not really spoken about anymore. Fair enough. Fair enough. Again, similar to you, another game I loved was Smackdown. But mine is going to be Here Comes the Pain. Oh, yeah. So I love the SmackDown vs. Raw series. Some were great, some were good, some were average. But I think Here Comes the Pain does something very well. And it's unique. Mm -hmm. And it's the first type of its game for me. I, I know we've had Shut Your Mouth and Just Bring It. But I don't think those were great. They were on the PS1. But Here Comes the Pain was like the game it had Brock Lesnar on the front cover first of all which is a good start and it felt proper arcadey I think we played it in 2019 and like it's really fun enough for anyone to pick it up and play and you'll have fun it's casual friendly whereas the later games the more recent ones tend to be quite technical quite advanced similar to you I grew up watching wrestling for me it was on Sky One for some reason, SmackDown was on free TV. Well, not free, but it wasn't on the massively overpriced Sky Sports package. It was on Sky One, Saturday morning. You could watch SmackDown. That was it for me. You know, seeing Rey Mysterio. And uh, this is a game that pretty much was that life in game form. So the stages looked the same. All the characters looked good. And, you know, it had its own story mode. And... I think the more recent games are missing this, like unique custom story modes that just are for a year. You know, you start from April and you go to WrestleMania and you win the title or you do something. There's a big story for whoever it is that you do your story mode with. And I missed that. And I think they should bring that back. And I think it was just the first for me that was really, it really spoke to me in that kind of way. So yeah, for me, I think there have been, yeah, I, I would say better games in the series like SmackDown vs. Raw 2009 is a good one from the top of my head, but mm -hmm. Here Comes the Pain, like, you know, it's going to stick with me because it was the first. And there's so you many- You always your first. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want to, but you always oof, remember. Oof. And there's so many great PS2 games. Hit, um, hit and Run, as you said, the getaway I think for me I'm gonna go a bit differently because you said hit and run I'm gonna talk about a different game I'm gonna go with FIFA Street oh I forgot that existed that is <laughs> that is gold standard yes so I'll let you finish and it there's not gonna be a lot for me like FIFA Street is just FIFA but on the street and for that reason it's banging it's what we as kids were doing in real life we were playing football in cages on the street doing stupid skills and this game pretty much was that but with our favorite players with Ronaldinho with Rooney with Ronaldo and it was so fun like whether you know you liked FIFA normally and you want to try this twist or you didn't like FIFA normally but you like this new edgy twist that they were presenting to us FIFA Street was the talk of the town and everyone played that. And yeah, FIFA Street, the first one for me, just as you said, with the console, revolutionary. 
and they should really bring that back. Hundred percent. I miss game breakers. Listeners, if the PS2 was one of your top five ever consoles, let us know on Twitter, on Instagram, or any other way you can reach us. Let us know what your favorite PS2 games were. Share in the nostalgia with us. What's your next favorite console? Um, I think I want to get this one out of the way so like I don't end on a low. Um, but I'm gonna have to go with the Switch. So Ooh. this is that's a weird one, really, because uh, like I put it on there because I I do love the Switch, but I've realised that for me the Switch is heavily carried by one game, and like making this list, I only had one game as like my favourite. I've added another one because it, it was kind of chill, but the Switch is really just a, a place to recycle games. It's it's where it's it's like a dumping ground. So like instead of you know you sending your games to the farm, you send them to the Switch where they will get new life and they will be played with again. It, it's like <laughs> in Toy Story when Andy's getting rid of all his toys and then they go to that really awful kindergarten. But then at the end they go to that girl and everything everyone's happy and what. That is the Switch for me because like there are good games on there. Don't get me wrong, but they're not my favorite. They'll never be my favorite. But anyways, let me. I'll I'll go into the the game that is chill, and then I'll talk about the game that carries the system for me personally. So I've only got two on this list, not even three. It's gonna be Pokemon Let's Go, and even that was a stretch because that only works because I love all the Pokemon games from the past. And on my list, so spoilers on my list, there's gonna be no uh, Nintendo handheld consoles because I've realised that I they they were just Pokemon systems for me, and I've, I've spoken about Pokemon at this point enough. I, I don't want it to be like Is this console and because Pokemon because that's that's what it'd be. So if it, even if it wasn't for those, then it wouldn't even make my list. But um, Pokemon Let's Go just it's just a calm way to play Pokemon. You don't need to fight any like wild encounters. If you want to catch a Pokemon, you can just wait for them to show up on the screen and just walk into them. Um, you don't have to worry too much about leveling up because there's an XP share by default. You don't have to worry about TMs or HMs. You just go through Gen 1 Pokemon. It's really chilled, really relaxing. It looks nice. And uh, yeah, it's just a nice bit of nostalgia. Um, but that's it. It is nothing without the old games. So it, it got there by, by a sliver. And now the game that really pulls its weight. I didn't even like this game when the Switch came out. It, it, I think I played it with you at Belong, not Belong, at um, Platform once. And then I started watching VODs about the tournaments and learning about certain, like, the, the characters and the personalities in the scene. Uh, and the commentators, always live when I watch a game. Uh, and then I started learning about how certain characters work. It is Smash Bros. Ultimate. The best version of Smash, in my opinion, because I haven't played Melee, and I have, I played it a little bit, but I'm not great at it. So Smash Ultimate takes the number one spot for me. And what a game it is. Easy to pick up, hard to master. And if you turn on the items, then then everyone's got an equal chance. Like, <laughs> no amount of skill is going to help you. If someone's throwing like bombs at you and like gets uh, the guy from Bayonetta, like you're done. But no, Smash is, it's a game that I can just like pick up, play for a bit, put down, play for it, put down. It's what it's. I think it's my FIFA or my Call of Duty. It's a game that I pick up, play for a bit, and put down. Yeah, and if Nintendo keep on making Smash games, which doesn't look like a possibility anymore, because I think Sakurai's done, 
I, you know, yeah, okay, this is my last uh, soiree in Nintendo then, really, because, uh, yeah, I, I think that's it, really. I can't lie. Um, not unless for feature Pokemon games. Uh, no, not even feature really? Pokemon games. No. Yeah, I think, because, like, uh, what is it? Um, Diamond and Pearl, a new one, I think it's Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl is coming out, mm-hmm. and I don't care for it at all. I think I'm going to wait, like, a year or two before I get it. I'm not getting it on release. Uh, just doesn't really interest me and then Arceus like it looks all right but again with the Simpsons it's like it's one of those things where as a kid I would have been like yeah yeah but now I'm just like yeah uh, I don't really want to play this big open world Pokemon game where I just nah, let, me, let me just play some Smash for like 30 minutes and then <laughs> like, get back to other stuff yeah mm. so yeah uh, um, that that's it for the Switch for me because it's got great games on there but they either recycled or it's just more of the same formula. I can't lie. There's only so many times I can play Legend of Zelda game. There's only so many times I can play a Pokemon game. There's only there's only so many times that I can that I can play a Mario game. It's it's just I think I'm at capacity. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but it's a shame. It's a great console and it's doing numbers in sales. It's just it's just Smash I want. That's it. That is so, yeah. I'm glad that I'm not the only one that feels that way. <laughs> yeah. So, spoiler alert: the Switch doesn't even make my top five. Ah, <laughs> uh, you saved the slot. Well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> because I remember I tweeted, I think last year. Mm. Oh, if the Switch becomes my favorite console, no one tweet me. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when I was thinking, what games do you like on the Switch? Smash. Mm-hmm. Smash. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay, Pokemon Shield. I like that. Smash. You know, like yeah. that's it. <laughs> the Switch is an amazing concept, but not that great an actual console. I, I'm willing to say, like, I think eighty percent of the game's library is like secondhand tat. And oh, no other brand would be able to get away with a console like that. None. <laughs> yeah. The original content doesn't do it for me. So I might have said this before, but I'm willing to say it again. And I don't know, get hate for it. Super Mario Odyssey doesn't do it for me. I don't think 3D Mario games or 3D Sonic games for that matter are the future. I think 2D is the way it should be for me personally legend of zelda breath of the wild great game objectively but for me it's a bit too much like i i, I don't have that kind of free time it's just so much mario kart is great but is it like one of the best games i've ever played no it's a party game yeah and to be honest the only reason I have a Switch is because of Smash Ultimate. Why? Because so many of my friends play it. Why? Because it's a fighting game. I like fighting games and I've been a massive detour from fighting games for the past few years. And I really want that itch back. That itch, you know when you play friends and it's a little bit competitive and it's like, oh, that prick, he's so good. He keeps beating me. <laughs> nah, I can't have that. I need to, I, oh, I won't let you leave me behind, Kakarot. Like, <laughs> just a little bit of that and Smash Ultimate gives me that in, in droves I think I spoke about on a previous pod but if I didn't 
Pokemon Sun and Moon, really good game. It changes the formula. But it was on a console I wasn't willing to buy just to play Sun and Moon. Whereas Pokemon Shield is, you know, another great game. And I've only played it because it's on a console that Smash Ultimate is on. And for that reason, I can't put the Switch in the top five. It's great, but, you know, I would be much happier with a PS4 than the Switch if I had to choose one or the other. 100%. I'm going with the PS4. Mm. So, <laughs> onto a console that actually did make my top five. <laughs> the Nintendo DS. This is an- another amazing concept. But the library on here, the original gaming content, huge. Plus the fact that it had backwards compatibility with the Game Boy Advance just made it sweeter. So, unfortunately, I couldn't come up with three games on the Nintendo DS, so maybe it shouldn't be in the top five either. (laughs) I'm noticing the trend of Nintendo here. (laughs) But I will talk about games that I really did love on the DS, starting with Pokemon Diamond, a game that follows the formula of Pokemon, so it's familiar, it's relatable, but then changes a certain number of things ever so slightly i think the amount of legendaries were insane and unacceptable now for an adult me but when i was a child i loved that like just having more legendaries to chase oh more event pokemon to chase i love that i really liked the design of the bad guy i think his name was cyrus and his entire team yeah i i really liked the utility of the second screen i think that was a really good gimmick that was used well in a number of games mm. and i like arceus really cool design i think the legendary i got was dialga which was the better looking legendary yeah, when you compare so. it to Palkia. Mm. yeah i think i just really liked everything in there and I'm really happy for the remake. I'm going to be getting it. And I really hope it's as good as I remember because that was a long time ago. And that was my last Pokemon game because I think I didn't really touch another Nintendo console after that until the Switch. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't think you... Sorry, what were you going to say? I don't think you missed out on much. No, people talk about Black and White and X and Y a lot, but... Oh, X and Y just didn't have enough for me. It felt like a game they gave up on. Because there was like, I think there was no post game in there. And you know how there's always the third legendary? They did nothing with it until the next game. So it's just like. And I think it was one of the first games that only had. Well, I guess Black and White only had one team, but in X and Y, Flair just felt like a, like a big letdown. There was nothing special about them. They didn't have any. There was no, there was no Junisequa, if you will. Mm, mm. They were just uh, standard enemy number five. Yeah. <laughs> a damning indictment from great Isaac Pokemon. There. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one was great though. <laughs> and the other game I really liked the Nintendo DS for was new Super Mario Brothers. This was a great was- game. Yes, it was. This was actually my introduction into the Mario franchise because I always heard tidbits here and there. Have you mm. played this Mario game? Da, 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 da. 
And Mario was one of those franchises I just didn't get into. I don't think any of the Nintendo ones, really. Mm. And I really liked what I saw. I think the 2D, I think that's where my concept comes from. Like, it's very simple, but the actual difficulty of the game is the appeal for me. Mm. I thought it was very good, very challenging. It looked really good for a DS game. And Mario games have consistently done this thing, which I appreciate, where it's able to tell you a story with no dialogue or minimal dialogue. Yeah. And like the Bowser or the Bowser Jr. will be able to communicate in its like squawks or its sounds. But like there's no text, there's no actual lines recorded. And yeah, I'm able to understand the story. And that's something that's very important to a game. And there's a motivation there. I have to play this game to save Peach. And the mini games were so vile. I really love the mini games. I think there was one where you had to sort the bombs. And there was whack-a-mole. So there was just so much fun to be had playing the, that game. And yeah, I think coming into a franchise late can either really accelerate your love for the fandom or could totally put you off. And yeah, for me, it was the former. It like, really got me into Mario games. Really, really exceptional stuff. No, nice one, man. Uh, it, it's sad to see that you didn't like Odyssey after enjoying new super mario brothers so much but uh i guess it is what it is i will say maybe give galaxy a go you might enjoy that is that on the switch it's on the yeah you can get it on switch yeah okay. i can amend it to you actually if you want oh, sick. uh but give that a go see if you like it i think it's different enough to to odyssey but i guess similar enough to new super mario brothers that you might enjoy it because it's not as open and expansive as odyssey is like you do have set levels that you need to do and set objectives and there is that uh that story that you just follow that is i would I'd say it isn't as expansive as mario and new donk city you know odyssey so maybe give that a go see if you like it but otherwise i guess if you don't then it's just 2d mario games for you yeah yeah i think yeah yeah definitely i will give that a try and yeah, I think that is a telling sign. I couldn't come up with, with a third DS game because I've played so many. Like, yeah. I really should have played Mario Kart DS. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can play it. But I, yeah, yeah, I think it's something you'd have to play back then because mm. I think I've tried to go back a couple times and uh, I doesn't age well. Mm. In my opinion, no. no. Like, there's um, Super Sonic Warriors Two. Mm. There's so many Beyblade games, Yu-Gi-Oh games, but none of them really stuck with me. Like, yeah, so I couldn't really do it for that console, and that's a shame. But if you love the Nintendo DS, let us know what your favorite games were. Are there any that we've missed? Ooh, there's one, Pokemon Ranger. I have never played that. No, that's fair. Um, I. I only got it because I think uh, when I got the DS myself, there were no mainline Pokemon games on it. Uh, and I saw it and I was like, can I have this, mom? So I get it. And it's actually pretty good. Uh, he plays Pokemon Ranger and you got to use the, the touch screen. 
and like you draw rings around Pokemon to like capture them. So not in a Pokeball, but just to catch them and bring them with you on your journey. And different Pokemon give you different elemental abilities. And like the faster you can draw the circle, the, the quicker you can catch it. And on paper, it doesn't sound amazing. But playing it, it's actually pretty good because you get them, you keep them, you can like use their abilities. So like one of them is you need fewer, like every circle you draw counts as two. So like you can catch something a lot quicker. Um, if you touch something uh, with your stylus, it paralyzes them. So that's pretty cool as well. I think that was like one of the strongest abilities. Yeah, on paper, like it doesn't sound great. And I'm not selling it well, but it was a good game, honestly. Also, Pokemon Conquest, great game, but I've spoken about that in the past. I won't do it again. And uh, just a final note before we continue, I will say that I too was going to pick the DS, but it became a thing where I couldn't think of any games. And all the games I could think of were just Pokemon. And I'm not doing that. <laughs> I feel like it needs to be a Wampa franchise. Um, and if you can't get around the Wampa franchise, then you are not one of the best consoles, in my opinion. I think a console needs to have some versatility to it because otherwise uh what's the point of being a console the whole point is you can play more than one game um, absolutely yeah well put and on that note would you like to go on to your next console i think i will um i'm, I'm really do you know what? i think do you know what? We, we've talked about nintendo enough i'm gonna talk about the ps3 Ooh. Um, yeah which was you know what like a lot of people say that it lost the console generation war with the Xbox 360. And I guess the majority of people think that. But for me, the PlayStation 3 was just always better. I had no interest in Gears of War. I had no interest in the Fable series. Uh, I had no interest in playing Modern Warfare on Xbox because they had better servers or whatever. I could still play it, it worked fine. And I was all about the, the exclusives, I guess and the PS3 just, just had it in, in spades. I really should have prepared to remember what the exclusives were. I don't. I only remember the games that I have on my list because um, it was so long ago. Uh, but no, like everything the PS3 like dished out, I, I loved. Um, and one of those was the Infamous series. I'm kind of one and two on this list because uh, like I've said, well, I have said one per franchise. I'm breaking my own rule. Um, going <laughs> one and two because my goodness like the minute i saw it i knew i wanted it um obviously like i think at that point i still wasn't working so like money wasn't this thing that i had but then fortunately ooh, fortunately is not the right word but there was there was a hack <laughs> at, 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 um oh fortunately is not the right words i um, i knew what you were gonna say so i just started <laughs> laughing at you know, it's the happiest accident I've ever come across because, yep. yeah, people got hacked here. Yeah. Their, their data really got leaked, but I got infamous out of it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> infamous one comes out, and I think there was Ratchet and Clank and some other games, but I, I wasn't too fussed about them. And I think Wipeout might be one of them. But I just never liked Wipeout. Yeah infamous comes out and like, I, I knew the story it was it was basically electro is the good guy i know we've had games like spider-man where electro is there and he's got the the yellow lightning and we've seen uh spider-man in, in the animated series the 90 series in all iterations where you've got electro and you've got people with lightning powers there's black lightning for example i think i only learned about black lightning like two or three years ago and i still haven't watched it i need to 
But back then, at the tender age of uh, 14, 15, I don't know, like I saw this game and it was in like a comic book format as well. So like when, when they told you the story, it was in like comic book view. And I was just like, yo, I need to have this. I, and I think I remember watching like a, a review on IGN back when I thought IGN was the only place I could go for gaming news. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I need this. And then it comes out and I'm like, yo, let's play this. And I play it and I put it down immediately because I was swag at that game. I didn't understand how to play it. Okay? Like there's no shielding, there's there's no cover system. Um, it's literally you kill them or they kill you. And then I think I see you play it um later on. And like you're just there doing giving everyone the business. And I was just like, hey, maybe I should give this game all the go. And I do. And I start giving everyone the business. And I'm like, yo, this game is sick. Like, there's a reason why there's no like duck and cover system. There's a reason why there's no block button. It's because you just run around and you blow everything up. That is the aim of the game. And they give you all these really cool powers to use. The parkour system actually works. And I want to reiterate on this. The parkour system actually works. Like, it's not the best, but it works. Because there are some games where the way you have to traverse the world in an open world game is absolutely brain dead and it does like ruin the experience a little bit uh but yeah the game was amazing the story was really good uh, and it really felt like i was in a comic book world the way they told the story as i said before the powers you can use and like even the dilemmas that they had it was the so spoiler alert for infamous it, it was the classic like do you put your own needs before the rest of the city or does the rest of the city come and like even if you play on the good or evil version of the story you learn this lesson the whole scene of Trish oh Whoa. my goodness <sighs> I wasn't ready yeah. I wasn't um, and it was crap because like when I was playing the good mode I, I knew I, I had to save the doctors and I did and then you get that touching scene where she's like uh, I'm so glad to see the man you've, you've grown into like and I think I'm not sure if it's at this point they get back together or they got back together for a little bit before. Um, but either way, it was a really nice moment. And when you play the evil side of the story, uh, you go and save Trish to the doctors. Turns out that Trish was actually amongst the doctors and then dies. And then you say you get to Trish and you jumpstart her heart quick enough for her to say, uh, I hate the man you've become. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's horrible. It is, and it's at that point you realize, oh crap! I really do like Cole as a character. Like I really do, like emphasize with him, etc. He's just your everyday guy. Well, I say everyday guy. He he can parkour and run across rooftops. But apart from that, he's just every, everyday <laughs> guy. Uh, so, like, um, think about it. Before they got the powers, he was just a delivery courier, wasn't he? Yeah. So he kind of was just the other everyday guy, trying to make ends meet. Um, but yeah, it's just a really cool story. Uh, even how you get the powers, the dynamic between you and your best friend Zeke. Zeke is very, very sus at one point in the game. Um, how dare he do this thing? Uh, but yeah, the game was put together really well. And in a sandbox game, it's just meant to be this big playground. And that's what it was. It was really well done. Uh, next game is, again, breaking my own... I'm breaking my rules for, for all the PS3 games. Uh, the God of War series. And by that, I mean God of War 1, 2, 3, Ghost of Sparta, and Chains of Olympus. Oh, because wow. they were all on the PS3. And I think they all came on one disc too. So, this counts. It counts. Um, 
we've spoken about God of War at length. I'm not going to bore everyone. Absolutely amazing game. In all of these games, there's a certain mini game that gets you lots of red orbs. Great stuff. Um, and you see Kratos, uh, you know, go through his arc. And did you know what's mad? A lot of people say like God of War 2018 really changed Kratos, but it didn't. Kratos has always been this deep character. Like, for example, spoiler alert, in I think it's Chains of Olympus, he has to sacrifice Calliope. Um, he got everything back and like he knew he had to to let it all go because it, it wasn't right. And I think if he had stayed there, he would have ended up losing her anyways because uh, I don't know, but he thought about it. Yeah. Right. Well, Persephone was going to end all existence essentially. So yeah. he was doomed to die either way. So he had to do it to save mm-hmm. those that were living. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Kratos has made some you know pretty tough choices. Uh, and I, I think oh, there there is a selfishness to him, but at the same time, like at some point you gotta be selfish. Like, imagine you went to a job interview and you heard someone's story, and like they, this was their last chance to get a job. Their family depends on it. Their mortgage depends on it. But you also want that job. Are you gonna walk out and be like, okay, the job's yours? No, you're gonna interview for that job. You're gonna smack the interview. You're gonna get the job, and you're gonna live your life like. There's got to be a certain selfishness there. Like you can't, you can't always do that British thing where you're like, no, 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 you first. <laughs> like, and <laughs> oh, so and, innate, isn't it? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, and Kratos does it in buckets. So like, there's one scene where uh, Poseidon's mistress or wife, probably mistress, mistress. Um, Mistress, yeah, it, it's just chilling, and and Kratos needs to get a door open. Um, so Sorry, I mean, she's not chilling; she's chained <laughs> up in his chambers. Oh, I didn't realize she was chained up because he rips the chains off, and she runs away, and then realizes she shouldn't oh. run because there's like rabid dogs. Yeah, true, true. Um, she's wait, not so, chilling. Yeah, I guess she's not chilling. I guess she's not chilling. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, definitely, mistress, because you wouldn't do that to your wife. Um, yeah. Well. Any good husband wouldn't do that to their wife. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then like, honestly, when you think about it, Kratos could have done anything else, used anything else, but he's like, do you know what? I'm gonna grab this woman and I'm gonna jam her into this device so I can get the door. She might die, but I'm gonna, I'm, I'll get the door open. He knew, he knew she was gonna die. Yeah, he, he knew. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing, and he took his selfishness a bit too far. But I mean, I get it. Like, he needs to get things done, and he's not gonna let you know uh, the British politeness get in the way. He's just gonna do it. Um, but yeah, like uh, there, there is a there's depth to him, and and he's doing it because like he's thinking of the end goal, okay? And he, he's not gonna let niceness stop him. Like he needs to you know, save his family. He needs to kill the gods that ruined his family. Okay, that's a short list and doesn't pay. <laughs> But, but he, he has his moments. I can see where you're coming from because essentially he's a creature of necessity. Yeah. And if something's not necessary, he doesn't care. So his wife, his daughter, the only things that were important to him and everything that has ruined that is the cause of his revenge or the fuel for his revenge. Mm. So like, there's a reason why when um basically normal people are running around scared there's an option to kill them 
because he doesn't have to because they're not necessary to mm. but all the gods you have to kill them you have to fight them because they are all in your way and i love that about this series the fact that he's not necessarily evil he's not a bad person people just haven't really taken the time to deep the story they've seen the combat they've seen all the mini games and you know all of that and they've gone okay this is a game for teenage boys but there is an overarching story there and mm-hmm. i love that in god of war 3 you fully see that this creator has matured because he's used hope to yeah. really get to the end goal and you're right everything is about is about the end goal using poseidon's prisoner as it's not ill will it's not like a grudge that he has against poseidon it's just to further his campaign to kill mm-hmm. poseidon oh he's already killed him by then to no, kill no, no. zeus anyone who got it anyone so, anyone got it yeah like there's a part in god of war 2 which is one of the best games in the series and he meets icarus i knew you were gonna say that i knew it i knew it <laughs> And like Icarus is a bit crazy anyway, but he has to take his wings. And he pretty much says so. Like, I mean, I'm gonna do what it takes to get over there because I need to get this done. If that means ripping your wings off and killing you, I'm very happy with doing that. I'm fine doing that. And he does. Like everything he does is for a reason, and I love that in writing. Make every action mean something. Everything needs to matter to this character. Sorry, I'll let you go on. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yeah, exactly what you said. And I mean, just as a series, like it's it's just really well done. So in number one, even at the end, you see how much he loves his family. Number two, like you said, with the wings, he's doing it because he's got to get it done. He's he's just got to do it. Um, wait, hold on. What was his motivation? Number two. Oh yeah, he was pissed at the gods because they stripped him of everything, and he was yeah. Uh, okay, number two might have been a little bit, you know, one-dimensional. To to be uh, fair, mm-hmm. there is stuff in number two because he gets killed. This is massive spoilers, by the way. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. He gets mm-hmm. killed right at the start of two by Zeus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his entire motivation is to go back in time to the point Zeus killed him, so he can kill Zeus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It doesn't make sense now that I've said it out loud. <laughs> I mean, but very one-dimensional. But there are so many moments like he has to fight the last Spartan. For context, Kratos was the leader of the Spartans, so he would have known that last Spartan personally. So it's essentially your friend, and Zeus has basically burned your entire country to the ground. All of your friends are dead, and you come across this one guy and it's your friend from 10 years ago and you've killed him so there's a bit of like character there's a bit of 3d to that one dimensional character and then he uses it as dead weight to further his campaign to go back in time but on the way to using that limp body (laughs) there is a cutscene where he sees his wife and like he breaks down and that's the first sign of actual non-angry non-horny emotion that Kratos exhibits in the games Mm. and that's like he's not just a warmonger there is actually something to this guy there's just decades of you know bad news and bad things happening to this guy that has made him this way and when you look at what has happened to him I can't really fault him for being the way he is I guess like 
I can only compare it to Guts in Berserk. Obviously, what's happened to him is a bit deeper, but yeah. they are the way they are because of events that have happened to them when, you know, they were not as strong as they are now. And I guess my third uh, favorite game of all time on the PS3 is going to be a game breaking the rules. Um, Assassin's Creed 2 to Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Uh, no revelations. How many um, games is that? That's just three games. Okay. There's two. There's. Is it three? No, no, three was garbage in my opinion. I didn't like it at all. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> what is the game in the middle? There's two. Black then there's flag? something. No, it's not Black Flag. It's maybe I'm just thinking of two. Hold on. Assassin's Creed Order. Because there's two. There's Brotherhood. Apparently, Brotherhood was like the one that came after two. No, you're right. You're right. I think it's because um, I played one, then I played two, then I played Brotherhood, and then I skipped Revelations. Okay, so I was wrong. Um, just two games Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood, to put them together. Yes, because you still play as Desmond um, in all those three games, but you play as you play as Altair in number one, and then you change uh, to Ezio Auditore de Forense in two Brotherhood and Revelations. But yeah, two and Brotherhood were just amazing because Ezio Auditore de Forense, his his story is absolutely amazing. Like at the start of either number two or Brotherhood, there's a little sketch, and he's like. Um, some guy makes coffee and he's like, Do you know what? You should add some leche to that. And and now Ezio has created the first cappuccino. And I'm like, Oh no, you didn't do that. Don't <laughs> don't, don't try that. Um, and it's just really well done. So like it's about this 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 preppy rich kid who has like when number two starts, he has this fight with another like powerful family. And it's like Romeo and Juliet, really, like the Montes and the Capulets just fighting away. Um, and they've really revamped the combat system from number one. Like everything good in number one is number two, and there's just so much more. Uh, the story is is just really good. You lot have got a lot of um, interesting characters. So you got the Borgia. You got I think it's his son or like one of his his henchmen or whatever. Got a lot of new like uh, abilities. Um, I think you can use like two hidden blades now, which is really cool. You got smoke bombs. You can disarm people. Uh, like you can you can do the whole jump into the hay thing or whatever but like you've got a lot more tools at your disposal it gets to a point where if you just counter anyone and attack then you just win and you can do that for massive crowds but it kind of breaks the immersion a little bit but for the most part oh, it's really well done the only bad thing about it is the desmond bits and you, you rarely have to do that so i don't know man like I think it's just been so long that I've forgotten everything I love about it, but it, it was a top tier game for me. And I remember just, I think I almost got the Platinum in two, or I did, and I almost got the Platinum in one, and then I did most of Revelations. Um, but it's one of those games where I wanted to get everything out of. And then in number three, you could like call in your own little assassins, send them off on missions. Um, and like they'd fight for you and it, oh, it was just really well done. Like. You became like a grand master assassin or whatever. You could get um, Altair's armor from the first game, uh, which made you an absolute boss. Like, 
you were basically unstoppable and like you could you could grow italy basically you could like buy and buy properties and every hour you just get money coming like, all right i'm gonna buy this weapon i'm gonna buy that weapon and i guess it, it happens a lot more in games now if there's like a sort of money system but i think that was the first one i saw in the game so it was like oh sweet i don't have to farm for money like it'll just come in as i play the game like it's all good uh just a really great cast of characters and you know it was great that desmond desmond i'll tell you being the player that he is would you know every now and then go on a date with a, with a sweet one and uh you know just, just be a, a good time and then like it fades to black and you'd be like yeah that's my guy um yeah it's a, a great story awesome well if the ps3 was one of your favorite consoles please let us know what your favorite games were from that time i had a lot of great games from the ps3 era mm. but that didn't make my top five Ooh, fair the dreamcast yeah. in your top five isn't it somewhere <laughs> somewhere ah that's what it is there that's what goes it is. the surprise <laughs> oh, sorry sorry but yeah there, there were a ton of great games in the ps3 mortal kombat world of war 3 um dragon ball z but the kai hd collection as i aforementioned of course infamous as you said but for me mm-hmm. but for me it's got to be the Game Boy Advance. It's got to be. It's a good console. SP a, or the, uh, the, that one? The Hey Arnold shape. Hey Arnold, nice. Yeah. I had both actually. So I had, I think it was a gray one, the fat one, the Hey mm-hmm. Arnold shape. And then I got a golden SP. And I think the design alone, the colors, something that will always live with me. It's something I wish I had to this day. But yeah, it was really good. I really liked the fact that it had a light mode on, so obviously you could play at night. And a game changer. Yeah, it really was. And it was such a good console. The gaming library was just immense. So many great games I could talk about. Beyblade, Dragon Ball games. And I think I will talk about some Dragon Ball games because my top three Game Boy Advance games include Pokemon Fire Red. Yeah, that was coming. <laughs> yep. It was really a coin flip between Fire Red and Emerald, both really good games. Mm. And for me, it's Fire Red just because it was the closest simulation to the original Pokemon anime series because it was all Kanto at that point. And yeah, just seeing Charizard on the front cover was like, yep, yeah, I think I like Charizard. I think I like this guy. My first ever Pokemon game, just everything that I loved about Pokemon was in that game. The same characters were there. There was no Jesse or James, which is unfortunate, but Team Rocket was there. And yeah, it was such a good game. I really just dislike the the HM system, like having someone have to have cut to get to certain places was a bit annoying. But then again, you could attribute that to like puzzle solving and I really enjoyed building a team, even though I was rubbish at building a team. Because <laughs> I was good, I was good at like building a Charizard. <laughs> but yeah, there was so many great memories 
finally being good enough to beat the Elite Four, finally being good enough to get that eighth gym badge, you know, getting the Master Ball, spending hours in the casino in, I think it's Celadon Town. Just great memories. And realizing that then there were more, you know, places to explore. Like there was one island, two island, three island, where Moltres is, I believe. Just so many legendaries in this game. I really like everything that they did, apart from the HM stuff, but like there was so many different cool stuff like Pining Mew 2, um, Articuno, Zapdos, <sighs> I just loved all of their designs. The legendary birds have great designs, Mewtwo has a great design, and yeah, I think there's just so many different reasons why this game will forever just be with me, like that will be with me forever, like those, those memories amazing and i think that was the first one where you could like play someone i might be wrong on that they had like the little addition the peripheral that you could put on the game boy sp that also like you didn't need a cable but i think you could do cable battles from the first game if not the first game at least the second game um but yeah, yeah they just made it easier with the that thing that you plugged in um and that was actually an accident uh because I think the person who made the game wanted it to be just easier for you to be able to trade. And because of that, that functionality made its way to Nintendo DS. Um, so Pokemon's a big reason why Nintendo DS operates the way it operates. So, huh. yeah. I didn't know that. And yes, you're absolutely right. There was the first wireless version of it. Yeah, there was a link cable. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> wireless, yeah. Yeah, much, much better much better uh, way forward yeah next up for me is dragon ball z supersonic warriors and this is one of the lesser known games in my opinion i think but mm. really fun really simple it's not one of the best looking dragon ball z games but i think it just captures the chaos of a dragon ball z fight like you never know what's gonna happen these guys are so powerful and so quick that it just feels like anything could happen and i think that's what that game got right it was really fun to play and there are so many good dragon ball games on the game Boy once like there's the whole legacy of goku series that we could go into there's a dragon ball gt transformation game i could go into but i think supersonic warriors again for the similar reasons that the budokai 3 game is in my uh list on this pod the supersonic warriors game has to be there too there was individual story modes and depending on who you were the story would be different so like krillin would like kill freezer or something like that like he would be the one he would be the main character in his story he wouldn't be a jobber he wouldn't be a loser mm -hmm. and like you are finally getting different content depending on who you are that's pretty sick and um one thing i'll never forget if Freezer does his death ball and it doesn't hit the opponent, but it hits the ground, then the arena will blow up in a certain number of seconds. And I thought that was cool. So um, really loved little stuff like that. Don't know if it ages well, probably doesn't. It looked like crap back then, so it looks worse <laughs> now, I'm sure. But it was so much fun to play. You touched on something about how like Krillin would uh, defeat Freezer, did you say? Something along those lines. I think what? I'm I'm not remembering correctly, but that basically Krillin wouldn't be the sidekick in his own personal yeah. campaign. Cause like honest it's mad, but 
Krillin, if Krillin just, like, obviously I get why Krillin was terrified because he's not a Saiyan. He's meeting all these aliens that are just doing these like mad things, can blow up planets. And he he's just this guy who will eventually become a police officer. He just wants to live his life, get a bit strong. Um, I think he only did it to get women at the start. That might be been Roshi, but I think that's the only reason why like he got into this. Um, and like, if if that wasn't the case, I feel like Krillin could have been the hero more times than not. Because when, uh, so for example, Vegeta, was it Vegeta? I don't know, but like, I think Krillin threw a destructive disc at someone and he was able to like cut their cheek or something. Oh, that was Nappa. Is that Nappa? Fair yeah. enough. If Krillin aimed that at like his neck or something or at his torso and just chopped him in half, Krillin, you would have done it. You would have done the deed and look at that. Well done. Well done. Um, so if you are in the actual anime, he did aim it at his head and he was yeah. going to hit, but Vegeta shouted at him to dodge at the last second. And that's the only uh, reason he got his cheek. He, he was going to like decapitate, decapitate yeah. the guy. Nice, nice. Okay, fair enough. All right, I'll take it back then. I'll take it back. Well done, Krillin. Well done. Um, because destructive disc is, it's a it's a very underrated move mm-hmm. because it's you don't have to be the strongest to throw an effective destructive disc. I feel like it's the the good person's version of the death beam, where like it's, it's just a precision shot, and if it hits you, you die. Um, yeah. but all right, fair enough, fair enough. Apart me was thinking, was it possibly Freezer? Could Krillin have done it? But I'm not gonna go that far, I'm not gonna commit blasphemy. So, yeah, it gets really sketchy there because, of course, Freezer doesn't regenerate, but Freezer can survive without many of his limbs. Mm. And I think that the destructive disc would probably just break on Freezer, yeah. No, I take that back because it chopped off his tail. I'm pretty Did sure it? it chopped off his tail. I'm pretty okay, sure. Okay, then that's what I'm thinking of. Then Krillin probably could have killed Freezer. Probably. But then it would have been a really crap Saiyan saga. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't let you know, the side character get the big <laughs> dub. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, one thing before we continue, like there is an, uh, a manga series where some guy becomes Yamcha and instead of just being used he actually trains and he keeps up with Goku until the end of the Saiyan saga and I think that's okay. Yeah. if you haven't read it like everyone just, just give it a go it's really well done um, but it's back to you Andy and, and your list I think you've given yeah. us Fire Red and Supersonic Warriors that is correct I really didn't want to put another Dragon Ball game on this list but I had to because it's a game that I downloaded emulators just to play but mate it's one per franchise what are you doing that's your rule that's not mine (laughs) (laughs) and that game is dragon ball advanced adventure Mm. and this is a game that tells the story of dragon ball from goku meeting bulma to goku facing king piccolo and with the amount of dragon ball games we've got not many of them focus on pre-Z content. And I actually think that is the best of Dragon Ball. In terms of storytelling, I think Dragon Ball is the best part of Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) So it's really fun because it does have a really good fighting mode. It's simple, it doesn't do anything too amazing, but I think it's real 
appeal is in the story mode where you go around exploring the Dragon Ball world and there are several different modes. So like there's a mode where you're exclusively on Nimbus and you're flying people in the air. There are adventure elements where you're like side scrolling and you're looking for Dragon Balls, you're looking for hidden treasures and it's got such a good combat system and there's so much that you could be lost in that it's just it for me i think for me it's just better than the legacy of goku games it's better than anything i've played on the game boy advance and it just makes me wish that we had a dragon ball fighting game on like a major console because that could be really good like the way we've talked about having hunter hunter fighting games or a Yu Yu Hakusho fighting game like I think a pure Dragon Ball game where there's not so much sci-fi bullshit but it's more like martial arts mm. I think that could be really good content because I love a tournament and when they do those martial art tournament arcs some of the best stuff I've seen like yeah Master Roshi looks like an absolute boss as Jackie Chan and I wish I could play that game again it's so good do you know what? I'm, I, I, you know, I, I fully agree with what you're saying. I fully agree. I think my first soiree with Dragon Ball was like the little mangas that you'd get in a library. If they were always usually gone, but if you got your yeah. hands on one, you'd be like, oh, let me read through this. And and you're right. Like Dragon Ball really did focus on the martial arts. Now it's like they'll jump up into the sky and then they'll vanish, and then you see like explosions happening, and then there'll be like a big key blast, and or like Goku will do some. Goku will jump over someone's energy wave and about to la- and be about to land in it and the opponent's going to be like, yeah, I've got them. And then Goku will charge a Kamehameha, use it to ride the energy wave. And then, like, the scene was sick. Don't get me wrong, but there was no martial arts involved there nope. at all. Zip. Zero. Um, Dragon Ball really does give you the martial arts and like it's really well done. Like There was one scene where... I guess it's not really martial arts, but they still brought in martial arts elements where like Tien grows two more arms and then Goku's like, oh, I can do that too. And just moves his hands really quickly. And I'm like, <laughs> he's got a point. He's, he's got more arms now, I guess. Um, so that was a cool use of after images. And then they like just the martial arts tournaments all really well done. Like when him and Krillin fight, and I think like it's pretty even until Goku does something and like it's amazing what he does like I think he knocks out Krillin but very softly and everyone's like what what happened and then like only the ones who like with the martial arts intellect and with the eyes realize that I think Goku hits him so fast or like so quickly or whatever that it, it becomes a light push and just that little things like that are just really enjoyable in in Dragon Ball so um yeah I'll give you that it, it would be nice to see a Dragon Ball game just all about the martial arts uh, and if they're going to be some key blasts like, not a lot just, just a little bit just yeah. one Kamehameha there no super Kamehamehas no death balls no like death rays like this yeah no, I'm, I'm with you I'm with you yeah so that's my list for the Game Boy Advance if the Game Boy Advance was your favourite console please let us know what your favourite games were there are so many to choose from so let us know. What about all these? Sorry, go no, on. I'm just saying we're talking about all these great games, and like in the back of my head, I'm just thinking, unless like we're all keeping our games, hoarding them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, 
there's going to be a lot of plastic just going out there into the world. Broken cartridges, old cartridges, old discs. And I'm just like, oh, because you're right. There are a lot of games made and a lot of games made weren't even sold. They just... <laughs> wow, oh, no. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, sad. Yeah. Oof. Well, yeah, anyways. Uh, let us continue. Oh, which one do I want to be like? No. Do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with this one. We uh, oh, this is a good one. I'm gonna go with the weed next. The weed. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, cause like um, I don't know why I really wanted it, but I I just I really wanted it. And I think I got it for my birthday when I was a lot younger. And I think I got Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess and Mario Strikers Charged Football, um, which incidentally are in my top three. Um. But yeah, I think I think I just I liked the the controls and how it worked, and like Legend of Zelda. Do you know what? When I got Legend of Zelda, I didn't know what it was. I just thought the box art looked cool. That's it. I had no clue. What, I think I knew the name Legend of Zelda, but I just thought the box art looked cool. Played it for a little bit, and then I stopped because I wasn't good at it. This is a trend with me when I was a kid playing a lot of games. But yeah, the the console had a lot of great games on it. It wasn't too expensive again, which was nice compared to the consoles. Because I think I was getting to the point where I was like, "Hey, these things are expensive, you know. I don't want to put my mum out." And yeah, just, it was just different to everything else, and that really did sell it for me because it, it wasn't just the sit down and control. I could like get up and like move around and be more interactive. And Twilight Princess, when I finally went back to it, my goodness, what a great game! The formula is very, very simple. Um, go to a dungeon, get an item in the dungeon when you beat a mini boss, use that item to beat the main boss, rinse and repeat. That is the basic like formula, but there's such a great story there because there's a character called Mid... <sighs> Do you know what? It's got to be a brief, like a brief diagnosis, not diagnosis, but synopsis. So you got to do a quick brief one. So basically... Uh, you're this farm boy and when you start the game you just get to do farm stuff you get to help people in the village you do a bit of fishing you throw some goats around it's pretty wholesome it's pretty nice um, and then eventually like some goons come along knock you out and take your babes and boom here we go let's start the game um, that all goes down and eventually you have to leave the village when you do you hit twilight and every time you touch twilight you become this wolf and it means you don't get to have your human abilities um, and now you're thinking, oh, I'm a wolf, what am I going to do with this? What are you going to do with this? Because you get put in jail straight away as a wolf. You're, you're useless at the moment, really. You can't do much. But then this, this dark figure called Minda comes along and she uses you for a lot of the game. And like she's got a goal and you can help her out. So like she's very forceful. She's like, do this, do that, do this, do that. And as the player, you do it because like you're playing a video game. Like it's weird. Video games have like this big hold on us. When we play them, we just do things without thinking, which is why Bioshock was like, whoa, it was such a wow when, when it happens at the end. If you know, you know. If you don't play Bioshock, it's a great game. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, and, and Min is not great to us at the beginning but as you play the game like she does become this integral character to the story and you do kind of bond with her and their relationship grows and there's a point in the game are you ever going to play uh, Twilight Princess by the way Andy? if it's not the Switch no 
fair enough. Uh, it's not on the Switch. Uh, I, I, I want it to come to Switch, but I don't think it will because uh, they ported it over to the Wii U and I think they're probably going to stop there because they're bringing mm. Twilight... They're bringing Skyward Sword to the Switch to the Twilight Princess. But but yeah, there's a point where like Minda... So spoiler alert, Minda loses all her powers and she's basically left E-Mobile and... At this point in the game, you can, I think you can, you can't walk, but you can run around the the whole map or whatever, and you can, you think you can turn back human. You may or may not be able to, but at this point you're locked in wolf form and you have to carry her on your back and you can't do anything else. And there's this really sad music that plays as you have to run from A to B and it's quite a trek. And it you just feel the sense of urgency. Like I've got to save her, I've got to protect her. Um, I can't let her die. And I think it's really well done because you can't do anything else in the game. You just have to do this to progress the story. Uh, and eventually you do, obviously, things get back to normal and you continue in your merry way, but it's just really well done. The sword play, like you can run around and swing your sword. You can't do that in any other Zelda game. You might be able to do that in Breath of the Wild now, but back then you couldn't. And it feels right. It's such a great feeling to do. Uh, the bosses, really well done. They're larger than life and it's very dynamic. So when you're fighting a boss, obviously there's a boss music, but when like you get the advantage or like you do the whole, uh, like, you know, their, their weakness has been revealed so now you're attacking them. The, the tempo increases, like the, the music becomes more, more heroic and it's just this really nice touch in the game. And obviously it's Legend of Zelda games, so all the other good stuff just comes along by default, but it's really well done. And I will say the water temple, not terrible. A lot of what levels in games are bad, but this one, I didn't hate. So no, it's it's definitely up there. Twilight Princess is a great game. Uh, Mario Strikers Charge Football, it's it's just football on crack. That's really <laughs> what it, honestly. So like, you play the game, and I think what every time you pass, the ball gets like charged, and eventually you can shoot it. Like, uh, if it's white, it's the strongest charge, and you'll probably be more likely to score. And like people have got certain abilities. So like uh dry burns, if he fully charges a shot and he shoots it off, um, you'll paralyze the keeper. And then after that, you can just like put it in for like a free goal. There's a mega strike. So only a captain can do this, jumps into the air and just manifest more balls and just chucks them all at the keeper. The keeper's got to try and save them. You can throw bomb bombs, you can throw shells during the match. You can tackle people that don't have the ball and you don't get a card. I love that. I honestly <laughs> love chaos. Um, it means they will get a power up if you do that, but still, who cares? Uh, and it's just a lot of fun. It's it's one of the reasons why I like FIFA Street. It's it's football, but like they've changed the rules up a bit, so it's it, it's more like anyone can enjoy it. You don't have to be good at football. You just have to be good at Mario, I guess. FIFA Street. You don't have to be good at football. You don't have to be good at fighting. Um, that's all it is, really. And then I think the last one is going to be No More Heroes. Honestly, just absolutely love that game because there was nothing else like it. And when the Wii was about, there were, I don't think there were any good Star Wars games yet. I'm not sure when games like Old Republic came out. I think that's a good one. But on mainline consoles, I don't think there was a good Star Wars game yet. I don't think uh, Starkiller, I can't remember the game that is, but I don't think his game came out at that point. So I was like, this is, this is the game for me because it was it was like lightsaber combat, but done well, in my opinion. Um, you start as an assassin, and you got to just like, well, you're not an assassin. You get tricked into being an assassin, and you have two options: you can either do nothing and get killed by someone who wants to take your number, 
or you can work your way up and become the number one killer and all the bosses are really wacky larger than life everyone's got their own personality and persona and at that age i really liked boss fights and this game was literally just a boss rush so i was like yeah let's, let's do this and it's really well done so uh good music great combat and there's nothing else to say about it it's great uh there's a whole review about it check that out on our uh, youtube channel um I go into more depth there, so uh, yeah, give that a look if you want. Uh, but yeah, Normal Heroes, like, quality game. Yeah, make sure you check out that review on YouTube. It's great. Like, it does such a good job that me, who has no knowledge of Normal Heroes, gets a full and detailed synopsis of what the game is about, what goes on, what the motivations of all the characters are. And it's a great little world created in Normal Heroes. Oh, thanks for that. You're very welcome. I would have been shocked if No More Heroes was not on your Wii list. That's <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> also, I've heard a lot about the Mario game on Wii, and I think that was one of the GameCube football games. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've quite a bit about those. Those are really fun from what I hear. Yeah, they're really good. They need a remaster, I think. Well, I have two left, so I don't know whether to go with the obvious one. Or the one that you've <laughs> said. <laughs> oh, I thought that was the obvious one. Oh, never mind. Well, I mean, they're both obvious, aren't they? It's just uh, I, a I bit obvious might... and very obvious. I think we might have the same uh, same one then. The one that stopped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just stuck. <laughs> hey, flip a coin. Easiest way. I might, I might have to. But there's no coins. And yeah, we are stretch for time so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna talk about the obvious one now which is actually my favorite console of all time the ps4 gosp no way i know i can you adam and eve it <laughs> such a good console i think personally the best console ever mm-hmm. the sales are not by accident and the only reason this isn't the last one i mentioned is because i'm pretty sure i've talked about the games i'm about to talk about already so god of war 2018 what haven't i said about this game in my opinion the perfect game i don't have anything that oh they could have done this or i don't like that like with all of the other games or with most of the other games I've mentioned, there has been, uh, well, I didn't like that about it, or uh, some people don't like that, but I don't think there's anything in this game that is objectively bad. There is the camera issue I have, but I feel that's solved when you get the weapons in the middle of the game. And I just think it's just such a good story. And I think, it's made better for me because I've gone through his entire journey. Like all of the games that Isaac's mentioned that are playable on the PS3. If you play that, you get a full character of what this Kratos is meant to be. And then this is like his journey after that, after that saga. So he's more learned, he is older, he's wiser, and he has to go through parenting again. And he didn't do a good job last time. So it's the, ultimate test the ultimate redemption story and you know a lot of people think that boulder is the final boss in this game he is not 
the Valkyrie Queen is the final boss of this game. And I think all of that challenge is just what makes it worthwhile in the end when it takes you 600 attempts to finally counter the Valhalla dive. Oh, God. Moments like that. Like, <laughs> there is a boss in Darksiders 2. I don't even know if he's an actual boss. But if he hits you once, you die or like you lose. The challenge is over. You have to start again. And his health is as long as the screen. And I feel the same way about this Valkyrie Queen. Like if he gets me once as a major move, I'm dead. And like just watching her health bar whittle down with every, you know, move you make while dodging or blocking hers. It's just satisfying when you finally get to the end and you see that cutscene. And you're just there. You, you, you just sit there for like five minutes because it's like your heart has been racing and you've been at the absolute peak of your ability because your reaction time has to be on point and your decision making needs to be on point. You can't be like, uh, like you're dead. Like you have to know what you're going to do by little things like the colors, like whether a red flash is seen or a yellow one is seen. And that is, I think, the most rewarding bit for a gamer who likes a challenge. Because it's not you being punished by stupid hitboxes. It's not frames punishing you. It's purely your ability and, you know, the challenge, the test of this final boss. Love it. Everything else I've already said in the other pods, check them out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the next game is Ghost of Tsushima. We talked about that. So I'm not going to talk about this so much. This is a game that I would bat and fight for any other year such a good game like so good. it's the game i've always wanted but never known wanting to be a kick-ass samurai yeah come on what what is what more is there then you add in the fact that the story is fantastic all the actors are amazing the japanese cast hits it out of the park like it is the ultimate power fantasy you can go around you know slaying everyone and you have choices you have options it's from the same studio that did infamous so they are masters of giving you branching combat so you can be the honorable samurai you can just kill everyone with your sword or if you're me you realize that you know all the extra weapons kind of do the job quicker so that you get the ghost bombs you get the sticky bombs you get um you get darts that can hallucinate that can poison you get chimes that can kill um and all of this stuff including your stealth abilities really make this experience one in a lifetime and if you haven't played ghost of tsushima that's a game that i recommend every ps4 owner get like i love god of war and for me it's the best game i've ever played but i wouldn't recommend god of war to every ps4 owner because it's a very bespoke game in my opinion ghost of tsushima i don't know a single person that hasn't enjoyed playing that game 100%. And I will say, like, the, the throwing knives broken. Broken. Yeah. <laughs> One shot everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just spam them. Like, yeah. There is no negative to using them. And the third one is Marvel Spider Man. And I almost forgot about it because it's been so long. And it's, yeah. oh, it's such a good game. I think it is the Spider Man game. I would recommend you to play this game as well if you're a PS4 owner because I don't know a single person that's played this game and doesn't like it. Um, it's not a perfect game. So I think I've gone backwards in terms of 
you know, best PS4 games. God of War is a 10. Ghost of Tsushima is an... Oh, no, I haven't. Ghost is an 8 for me, and Spider-Man's a 9 for me. You think Spider-Man's better than Ghost? Yeah, by by what I've just said. <laughs> I gave Spider-Man a 9, and I gave Ghost an 8. I think that's because Ghost was very buggy, and that really annoyed me. Objectively, yeah. I cannot give that a 10. Because they're on the streams, like, like that, it was just not good. It was not a fun experience. To be fair, I didn't, re- like encounter any bugs during my playthrough so i i still like that yeah uh oof. if so, i didn't get those bugs you could be looking at a nine or a ten yeah that's fair uh, to be fair like i do i never saw the, the streams when there was the bugs i just it was just calm when i was in there it was just yeah you struggling on hard modes i don't know why <laughs> not oh, doing the side quest that, that's why though that's why <laughs> but yeah Spider-Man such a good experience and I think it's my memories and the experience that I had playing that game that is why it's one of my top three and it's why it's a nine out of ten because there are not many things I can fault that game for anything that I didn't like about the game was side quests and that was optional content if I'm being really objective about it so I didn't have to do it so like the base game the main campaign is absolutely fantastic and it's everything that you want from spider-man like it's not too dark it's not too gritty but there's enough stake there's enough at stake for the game to mean something parker's too poor for stake <laughs> yeah yeah there, there's no literal stake don't buy the game for stake you'll be very disappointed but there's so much to be excited about there's so much that you're rewarded for even little things like picking up the little uh, collectibles because they tell you stuff about other spider-man villains and if you know your spider-man sandman for example you know that it's good like these people have cared about this series this game and this could very well have been an mcu movie and i'm glad that they made it a game because it was interactive it was great the visuals my word the combat system pretty much copied from the Arkham series, but I don't know it. Yeah, I'm not gonna post <laughs> it. Why would you go against something that works? <laughs> it is so good, and we have put out a whole Spider-Man podcast, so I really don't want to go on and on about it. But God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man. I was thinking about The Last of Us too. Mm. Oh, I'm but... surprised they made the list actually. Yeah, uh, while it is objectively the best game in 2020 for me, I didn't enjoy it as much as Ghost or as Spider-Man, so it can't be up there for me. Mm. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. And yourself? <laughs> so, uh, it is no surprise that it's, it's going to be the PS4 for me, and I can't really? lie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot about Ghost. Honestly, you just... You forgot, forgot about Ghost? I forgot about Ghost. Do you know what it is, though? Like, I got it. I lived and breathed it for, like, three to four days. And then I sold it. So I was like, I just... It's done. Um, and I think because of that, like, I just keep forgetting about it. It's really bad. But, yeah, Ghost is so much fun. Um, it's not on my list. Because uh, I... Uh, this is a tough one. And I'm honestly thinking about moving one of them. But the list is set in stone now. Um, Spider-Man... Yes, the list is... <laughs> stone sorry i can't change that come on spider-man again absolutely great game 
do you know what? As much as I love the game, I don't think I can put it into any of my top whatevers unless it was like a top five or a top ten where there's space because it's a great game. Don't get me wrong, and I fully love it. But it, it's it, it's just it's a game that I want in my library, but I'm not. I don't know how to describe it. It is a fantastic game. It's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but it I don't think it had a, a lasting effect on me. And I think that's just because I've I've been into Spider-Man like all my life. There have been comics, there have been movies, there have been games, there have been the TV show. And I guess for me, this Spider-Man was just a, oh, finally, a good one. Even though I really loved uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. But I think like these other games that I'm picking instead is just because they're, they're either unique or they've had a, a, a stronger impact on me. So first and foremost, God of War. That's all I'm going to say. You've said it. We've said it in the past. Like, it's all there. It's just a great game. I'm moving on. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what more is there to say? This Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, I've said so many good things about this. I'm not going to say any more today. Uh, I will say, though, that because I'm playing it again, the parkour is really driving me up the wall. It is really upsetting. I get it that, you know, it's not really needed that much because you don't need to climb for a lot of things when you do it's just annoying that you have to climb back specific areas in the game and you can't just climb up like you would in assassin's creed but that's a nitpick it, it's a really great game strong protagonist strong story and i haven't played anything like it uh honestly someone did say there was a game like it that was on the ps3 and i had a look at it and yeah it, it's the same theme but Horizon execution was done so much better, so I'm not having that. Um, <laughs> and then the last one is going to be like, even this might change one day. I think God of War is stuck there, but Horizon Zero Dawn and this next game they might change one day. Who knows? But for now, like they're they're there. This last game is Sekiro. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like I think, and you know, I'm I'm really happy this happened. I think. Sekiro and Ghost were like due to come out around the same time and if they did I would not have touched Sekiro I think I would have played Ghost moved on and gone with my life thankfully Ghost was delayed why I guess we of the public will never know until one of the devs comes out with some sort of podcast or like Twitter post that says this is why it was delayed it was meant to come out like so much sooner it's probably because of the last of us there's probably some deal where last of us has to come out first whatever it's speculation but i played sekiro like sekiro came out looked into it ghost wasn't coming out for ages so because i think they were like the two samurai games that we were kind of both looking into i remember we did a pod about it and i guess ghost ghost uh sekiro isn't really a samurai game but he does act like a samurai because he does get certain tools. Um, no, not s- no. No, no. He was always a ninja. He was never a samurai. Never mind. I'm chatting rubbish. He was always an, a ninja a shinobi. He was never a samurai. Um, I think my thing is, uh, Jin from Ghost kind of became a ninja because he got those skills, and Sekiro yeah. was always one. That's that's what I mean. But yeah, I got feel to like play. he was presented like a samurai in like the early media presentations like the screenshots yeah. and the mm. little trailers here and there he was like presented with a samurai he had you know an iconic looking sword and mm. even though obviously that wasn't his only form of attack i think when we see a sword in someone we're like samurai yeah 
yeah, I think you're right. I, yeah, I fully agree with that. And even when you start the game, that's all you have. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And like what I got from it just wasn't what I was expecting. Like I knew it was a From Software game, but from what I saw, I just thought, I don't know why I thought this, but I was like, oh, this is a bit different. This is this is not the usual From game. Like it's going to be hard, but I'm willing to give it a go. And I gave it a go. My goodness, this game kicked my ass for hours. Hours. I was stuck on the, <laughs> the first bit of the game for just hours. I was grinding. I was trying to get stronger. I was I was just not clicking. And then one day, it clicked. And I was like, yo, this this game is sick. It is so rewarding to, to get a parry, to, to learn a boss boss's patterns and to just exploit them for it. Like I think the hardest boss fight for me is still our father i believe i think that's the one you meet on the rooftop and it's because he doesn't have anything that is massively exploitable uh he is literally just bread and butter attacks which means you have to play in a certain way or get even more creative which i'm not the best secular player in the world i'm okay um so that was a really tough fight for me but everything else you can kind of exploit to an extent and it's a game that just rewards like your skill and it's fair if you mess up, that's on you. There's, there's no there's no jank. There are no bad hitboxes in Sekiro. Like it is it's all on you as the player. And the story is is really good. Like it's weird because the game is it, there's a difficulty to it, but if you're actually good at the game, you can be in like a couple of hours. Like it it's not long. Yeah. Um but I think a lot of it comes from like the from what from software like to do. So if you take the time to do all the side quests and pick up all the items and read them and look into the lore, there's a lot of lore there. There's a lot of story that isn't explicitly told. Like in terms of from software games, a lot of it is explicitly told, but in terms of just a regular game, like any other game, a lot of it isn't explicitly told and you've got to find it yourself. A lot of it is fed to you, but like the side characters you meet, there are little scripts or terms that you can read to get more information about them. You have to put two, like, a couple of things together to understand, you know, what's going on. So, like, as you navigate through a certain bit of the map, you'll see snake skin everywhere. And you're like, what's, what's all this? And it all, like, comes together. And, you know, uh, certain people who have certain names, if you read a certain term, it says, we follow the strongest giraffe. And giraffe is, like, a, I think it's a name given to the strongest like rifleman or whatever no snake eyes or something something like that I, I can't fully remember it but you can put that together and realize why certain people follow certain other people i'm just talking about things that only people who have played the game will understand so i'm going to take it back get back on topic and be like your Sekiro is the game for me because it's challenging it's rewarding and it is you know, yeah, literally, those two things, it's challenging and rewarding. The reward you get from playing Sekiro is is insurmountable compared to other games, in my opinion. Especially when you get to that final boss. My goodness. Oh, it's harder than the Valkyrie Queen. I won't lie. Harder than... I, I'll take the Valkyrie uh, Queen any day to, to, to this boss because, my goodness, you have to play out of your you have to be in the zone to fight this boss yeah. just really really good at this game but yeah Sekiro is is up there and they got game of the year 2019 for a reason it's a banging game that's what it is absolutely well the PS4 one of the best consoles of all time and yeah let, <laughs> let's not attribute that to recency bias when you look at the games like 
by far better than what we've played growing up you know better stories better characters better graphics and there's just more content so if the ps4 is one of your favorite ever consoles please let us know what your favorite ps4 games were like we've like two of the games that we mentioned game of the years you know like there isn't it's not a coincidence that the games that we've mentioned are top quality high-end games and yeah i've tried to be very subjective with this like not just the best games because that's a different list but mm-hmm. the games that i've personally enjoyed the most and i'm glad that our lists are quite different because it just shows more of our individual personalities and what we like more in a game so, it's yeah. weird because as we got to the ps4 i feel like even though we might not have said the same games like it it became a thing where it was very very similar but if we go back to the ps2 again it was still similar but these weren't the game of the years they were just games that we found good so i think that is a testament to the two things i guess there were just more games on the ps2 and also games are now better now if that makes sense like instead of it being something where oh it's only these niche games that we like it's we like these games but they're also the best games like it, it, it's not a case where there's now a niche it's like okay we're giving you the best games and they're going to be the best games for for so many reasons that so many people are going to like them like just overall quality has increased which is which is great to see i definitely think the quality of games has increased uh, now it's time to talk about my last one not my favorite not my favorite ever a console but a console that has a special place in my heart i've named the entire brand after this console it's the sega dreamcast big shock i know so of course i've told this story on the pod previously this console came into my hands by complete accident I asked for the PS1 and I got the Dreamcast. I don't know how, but it was another happy accident. And yeah, there were so many gems on this console. And one of the great games that I enjoyed was Crazy Taxi. This is just one of those games that I think was out just before the craze of GTA. Or like GTA wasn't the big global phenomenon that it is today. Crazy Taxi is just, it's, it, it does what it says on the tin, it's a very simple game. You get in the taxi, you drive customers from A to B, you get tips on how good you drive and how quickly you get them there, and it is completely wild. Like, you are encouraged to crash into other cars, you are encouraged to drive like a madman, and like a driving game where you're not punished for being a bad driver is so much fun especially when you're like what six seven like Mm. i had so much fun on that game and um bioshock actually took me back to this game a little bit because there's a big there's a big arrow at the top of the screen telling you which way to go oh so yeah i really enjoyed that and i've heard that sega are looking to remake that game and yep i'll buy that Give me remade Crazy Taxi, please. (laughs) Sonic Adventure, one of the few 3D Sonic games that work, in my opinion. I don't know if it's aged well. I haven't touched it in years, but my memories of the game are just amazing. I think this 
is my first interaction with like the Sonic franchise. Really enjoyed it, really liked the colors. I think everyone looked great and like it had voice acting. So I really liked that. And I can't really remember how much, <laughs> the, how good the game is and how much of this is just nostalgia. But again, just a game that will forever stay with me. And I didn't really stick around on the Dreamcast to play Sonic Adventure 2 wasn't really interested in that when the ps2 came into the household um but for what it was and for what time i spent with it, the sonic adventure game was so fun really enjoyed all of that stuff and if they remade that game i'd be so down to play it again for it was amazing and the final game virtual fighter 3 i think i mentioned this on another pod it's just it's just interwebbing now you know the streamcast universe is all imploding on itself um, the first game I've ever actually played, if my memory is correct. And that's basically the reason why it's up there. Is it better than a Tekken? No. <laughs> is it better than Street Fighter? Maybe. But I think Virtual Fighter is very different in what it does, different in concepts, different in execution does 3D fighting very well. So the sidestep, something that's so simple, but so many games I feel do it wrong and Virtual Fighter does it right. Like it incorporates its environments into its fight. So you could be fighting on a roof and if you fall off the roof, you lose the fight and it's wacky. And hey, it sucks if you fall off the roof or if you're fighting on a boat, if you fall off the boat, you lose. And that sucks if it's you, but it's also really funny. And it's a game that doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, there's a drunk old man who's a fighter and he's really good. And, you know, there's all these funny characters who talk in their native tongue. And I don't think it looks too good for today's standards of graphics, but I think back then it was really good. It was just a blast to play. And this was a game that we sunk hours into. And when I break it down, a lot of these games on my list, a lot of my favorite games growing up are just games that I spent hundreds of hours on like many 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 hours on mm. whether it's single player experiences or playing with a friend or my brother those kind of games are the ones that stick with me throughout the years and virtual fighter 3 so much fun and i hope sega bring it back because i think they really got the rock paper scissors of you know punch versus block versus guard and that is such a simple concept that grab do you mean what did i say god i meant grab yeah <laughs> okay i yeah. meant grab thank you yeah and yeah it's such a simple concept that i feel that game really got that into me whereas and now i'm just like applying that to every fighting game i play now so that's where it began I mean, yeah so. yeah so i think that's really why it's up there so yeah, I don't suppose the Dreamcast will be on many people's favourite console list, but if it is on yours, let us know what your favourite Dreamcast game was, or your favourite Dreamcast games. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed listening to us talking about our favourite consoles growing up and our favourite games. Hopefully they brought up some memories with you or, you know, some relatability. And if you weren't a fan of those consoles that we brought up i mean let us know what your top five would be what would your favorite games be for your favorite five consoles let us know twitter instagram streamcast underscore twitch is 
Streamcast TV. And our YouTube is Streamcast. Give us a follow and subscribe on all of those platforms. You've got great stuff going on. But that is all from us. I hope you take care of yourself and your loved ones. Please stay safe. We'll catch you on the next Streamcast.